Hi everyone and welcome to the Smart Cities Chronicles. My name is Adam Beck, I'm your host of the Chronicles and my day job is Executive Director of the Smart Cities Council for Australia and New Zealand. The Smart Cities Chronicles, as you know, for our repeat listeners, is a podcast that focuses in on action and investment and outcomes in smart cities. And this episode, actually, episode 40, uh, the, uh, the conversation is going to be somewhat sort of centred around ourselves at the Smart Cities Council because uh, we've just turned three. It's our birthday. And I thought that this podcast, we might do a short one to sort of reflect uh, back on some of the work that we've achieved here in the region over the last three years and highlight some of the impactful work that we believe that we've been able to advance. It's been a very, uh, it's been a very uh, short three years in terms of it's gone very quickly. Um, we launched this time uh, in 2016, three years ago, uh, end of July, and it was on the back of uh, a number of months of doing due diligence and assessing the potential uh, opportunity for playing a, a convening and advocating role for the smart cities movement uh, down here in the region. Um, as you may or may not know, the Smart Cities Council globally has been around since late 2012, um, but in the region here, we're a lot, uh, a lot younger than that. Uh, the first six months, I suppose, the, the tail end of 2016, our first six months um, was, I suppose, a period of uh, assessing the marketplace, uh, engaging key stakeholders, both uh, on the demand side, policymakers, uh, all tiers of government, but also on the supply side, uh, technology companies, advisory companies, um, those sort of, you know, member organisations of ours being a supply side member based organisation that we are. Um, one of the first things that we did in that first six month period uh, towards the end of 2016 was um, really start, I suppose, um, or start on a, a journey of, uh, of deep collaboration, which has sort of lasted um, uh, our, our sort of three years to date. Uh, and in December, we partnered with the Institute of Landscape Architects in 27, uh, 2016, I should say. Um, and what we wanted to do was jointly explore this opportunity around what our streets of the future might look like um, at the time. And to, to a certain extent, it's, it still is ongoing. Um, uh, but the autonomous vehicle agenda, um, particularly in late 2016, was uh, being, being talked about a lot. Um, substantial pilots starting to mobilise. And there was a real question being asked around, you know, what, what sort of problem are we trying to solve with autonomous vehicles? If autonomous vehicles is the solution, what's the problem that we're looking at? So we teamed up with um, with uh, with the Institute of Landscape Architects, who, of course, uh, represent a profession that um, have a substantial role in shaping our public realm, uh, designing streetscape, um, and we hosted an event in Sydney. Uh, called Streets 2.0, and it was really structured around sort of three, uh, three sort of sub um, uh, dialogues that we had. One around what uh, complete streets look like, you know, streets that uh, are designed and provide opportunities and mobility for, for sort of, you know, more people of all ages, all abilities, um, multiple modes of transit, um, streets that uh, are places of commerce and 
social interaction. So that, that idea of complete streets was uh, one of the conversations that we had. Uh, green streets was, was the other one, you know, how do we bring green infrastructure into the right of way um, using trees and uh, other natural sort of assets to, you know, perform certain functions that nature does. Um, how does that sort of influence the way in which we shape and design our streets? And then, you know, we finished it up with sort of what does the smart street look like? Uh, and so that, that streets 2.0 conversation was really the foundation for what has been now an ongoing uh, initiative that we've been advancing called Future Street. Um, and it culminated uh, in a sort of a second wave of, of thinking and design and indeed piloting uh, when we when we transitioned into 2017 and continued to work with the Institute of Landscape Architects around a, a sort of a one-to-one -one scale model and demonstration project of a street of the future, uh, which was part of uh, the Festival of Landscape Architecture uh, in 2017. Um, 2017 was a was was a big big year. We we started to try and steward some really important. Uh, dialogue around, uh, I suppose, what would be considered horizontal issues that are critical to smart cities action and investment. Um, we kind of kicked that off in uh, July with a um, with a with a real sort of milestone uh, event, which was a smart cities standards roundtable, and we had around about thirty people join that uh, conversation. Uh, at that roundtable, we launched um, our very first guidance note, which have gone on to become a, a critical resource for industry and government uh, on various different aspects of, of smart cities thinking. Um, but that first guidance note uh, on smart cities standards was, was launched at that roundtable. Uh, it seemed to be, uh, at the time, the first time where the supply side, demand side, academia had actually come together in the country to discuss smart cities standards. And of course, for those of you that know us, um, standards have uh, continued to be uh, a big part of uh, our advocacy, our thinking, and a core tool for really catalyzing innovation and, and action and investment. Um, we, we sort of followed up in September of, uh, of that year uh, with a with a number of um, initiatives, one was a uh, a smart cities policy think tank uh, where we brought government and industry together to talk about national policy for smart cities in Australia. Again, uh, the first time that had been done, um, and we had a uh, we had a great dialogue and we captured a whole range of uh, ideas and actions that would then go on to become, I suppose, our blueprint and our action list for our policy and leadership task force. Um, we kicked off uh, August, September, a series of events, again, collaborating with our industry colleagues, uh, this time with the Planning Institute of Australia, uh, kicking off a series of events, half day events, uh, around advancing smart cities, the planning imperative. And that series of events went to Perth and Sydney and also Adelaide and it brought together the planning and sort of city shaping professions. We critically kind of analysed where those professions were at with respect to the rapid pace of digital and technological transformation. Um, what does the future of planning cities look like? What is the role of, of plan tech and other 
uh, you know, digital transformation methods and processes and approaches um, in that, um, that critical profession. Um, and those three series of, um, uh, of events with the Planning Institute uh, have continued to sort of be part of an ongoing discussion that we've had um, with that, uh, with that uh, close friend of ours. Um, in November 2017, we released probably what we'd call our first maybe discussion paper, I think. Um, it was called Digital Built Australia. Uh, it related to uh, and included a series of ideas and recommendations around how the digital transformation of the built environment um, can be a real, um, uh, I suppose, springboard for national productivity. Um, the construction and development sector globally is a laggard when it comes to digital transformation. Uh, and we feel very strongly, strongly we did back then, we still do today, feel very strongly about uh, having a national agenda for the digital transformation of how we design and construct, but also manage our built environment assets. Um, those assets, those, those buildings, uh, whether it be vertical infrastructure like buildings and um, universities and uh, other major public buildings, or indeed um, horizontal infrastructure, roads, bridges, other critical infrastructure, we believe uh, designing, constructing, operating, maintaining those assets uh, with uh, digital tools that are available today uh, can present um, huge savings, uh, less wastage, uh, but also enhancing productivity. Um, we think that is, uh, is a real next big um, sort of journey and, and also agenda that uh, both Australia and New Zealand need to embrace. And I'll, I'll pick, a pick that up a little bit shortly around the digital twin collaborative that we actually uh, launched today. Um, we ended 2017 in December by releasing uh, another paper, again, a discussion paper, really when you look at it, and it was called In the Seam. Um, and really what that paper uh, encapsulated was this idea of the role of state government, state and territory government in the smart city space. And it came off the back of substantial federal government um, sort of action and investment in part through, in Australia, the Smart Cities and Suburbs program. And then over in New Zealand, they had uh, they'd finished their national uh, funding program. Um, and of course, with local government and municipalities engaged, there was this question around, well, what's the, what are the states doing or what are those sort of, uh, those middle tier government uh, entities doing around catalyzing uh, action and investment around smart cities? So that, that, uh, that, that sort of thought paper called In the Scene um, was quite provocative in that it, uh, it identified a critical need for state and territory governments to step up um, and, and, and play their role, play a role that we think they're best suited to play in the smart cities agenda. We identified six real key priorities uh, and, and um, action areas in which state and territory government can, uh, can play a role. And that's also where we started to really introduce our very strong support and thinking around uh, the city deals, which is a program run by the Australian government uh, which looks to, I suppose, in some ways, sync up all three tiers of government, negotiate deals around uh, infrastructure investment and 
housing and jobs creation uh, and, and broad sort of growth management and potentially using those city deals and, and a program of multiple deals, place-based deals around the country, using those as a petri dish, dish and uh, a bit of an opportunity to, to catalyze and, and really leverage uh, opportunities for smart cities investment. So 2017 was a busy year, our first uh, full year uh, being uh, active in the marketplace. We, we entered 2018 um, and again, we entered another year, no shortage of activity underway. Um, and, and early in 2018, in February, we, uh, we launched uh, a really important document, we believe, which was a smart cities guide for built environment consultants. And again, that was a partnership project this time with the industry body Consult Australia, who represent the supply side consultants um, in a whole range of professions from engineering and planning, uh, project management uh, and the like. And we've been working with them for a number of months in a small committee to essentially tailor make uh, a handbook or a guideline around how that profession, those built environment consultants that play a critical role very early on up front in the planning of potential projects, how they can really play their part in um, sort of garnishing uh, support, uh, raising awareness for uh, embracing technology and data solutions in all of the facets of the built environment that we we plan and design uh, and and maintain and manage. Um, we uh, we got to we got to the mid year um, around uh, June, and we ran uh, our first think tank um, around smart cities procurement, and we've gone on to to have multiple di uh, dialogues around that. Um, that Smart Cities Procurement Think Tank, about 30 people in Sydney, we gathered, we spent three hours and we, we unpacked procurement. Um, we went through multiple challenges. We looked at opportunities um, to, to sort of leverage existing procurement processes, uh, making it sort of hopefully in some way easier uh, to procure um, digital transformation and smart cities solutions but then we also looked at how the process the rules regulation and those more um, structural sort of processes what amendments we might need to make uh, if we to really sort of create a procurement environment um, that uh, that can help accelerate action and investment in smart cities uh, solutions um, we continued in 2018 uh, again uh, a major milestone for us uh, with smart cities week australia that was in october in sydney um, we were um, very pleased with the outcome uh, based on the feedback that we got. Uh, we, we, we sort of exceeded uh, every target that we set ourselves, um, whether it be number of delegates, um, uh, gender diversity, uh, and indeed geographical representation. So um, we had just over, you know, sort of 300, 320 people, um, more than 55 cities, more than 22 countries. And we had 186 guests and panelists and speakers all up over three days. So we were um, very delighted with the outcome of Smart Cities Week. And of course that provided a platform uh, for the release and the launch of some real important documents and resources, again, that, we, um, that we've sort of put out there to um, industry and government for consumption. One was a, uh, a civic innovation uh, guidance note, what is civic innovation? Uh, a word or two words 
very commonly used, roll off the tongue every day, yet little, uh, little sort of attention paid to exactly what does that mean? How do we define it? And what are the core principles that underpin civic innovation? And through the great work of our, um, our task force around civic innovation, we were able to sort of produce a document and release that. Uh, and we've subsequently gone on to a phase two of that project to create a civic innovation maturity model for cities. Uh, and that work will be um, released at Smart Cities Week uh, 2019, which is coming up in October. Um, also at Smart Cities Week, uh, um, uh, a major uh, announcement and release off the back of 18 months work, we released the code for smart communities. Again, another partnership project, this time with the Green Building Council of Australia. We essentially defined what smart urban development is, um, whether it's sort of brownfield urban regeneration precinct development, whether it's greenfield master plan communities, or indeed um, campuses or greyfield neighbourhoods. Um, we ran workshops uh, all over Australia, uh, also in New Zealand, to help uh, to help really um, define what we think we mean by smart urban development, uh, creating a, an underpinning set of five principles. But then the real hard work came when we had to create some metrics and some acceptable solutions uh, around what those uh, principles actually mean. That was a very rewarding project, but indeed. Uh, a very a very sort of long project as well, 18 months. We anticipated originally that maybe it was a six month project, um, but really happy with the outcome. We've had more than 10,000 downloads of that document six, since October last year. And I think it's really filled the void in terms of providing some really important guidance that's necessary. Um, so that sort of rounded out 2018, a, a big year, particularly coming off the back of Smart Cities Week Australia for the first time late in the year. We entered 2019 um, and in February 1st up, we, um, we released our podcast, which is what you're listening to now, which is the Smart Cities Chronicles. Um, so we've had thousands of listens uh, to more than sort of 35 episodes. We've got people that are tuning in from uh, over 22 countries at the moment and it continues to grow uh, week by week. So the Chronicles, uh, I think, has become a really important resource for not only our listeners in Australia and New Zealand, but also those uh, beyond our uh, boundaries here um, that are really hungry to, to, to listen and share and understand uh, what others are doing. Uh, in, April, uh, in April this year, um, off the back of uh, our strong interest and advocacy in the City Deals program in Australia, we released our first City Deals playbook. Uh, one of four playbooks um, that are under development. The first one, uh, critically, of course, around standards uh, and providing some very clear guidance to these nine, at the moment, nine really important uh, investment projects and, and, and negotiated deals or package of deals um, and making sure that we embed standards uh, across smart cities and, um, and data and, and BIM and a range of other uh, more technical issues, uh, making sure that we embed those into the procurement process uh, early and often. Um, we, uh, we also in April, um, actually March, it was uh, a key milestone for us uh, by running a Smart Cities Investment Forum. Again, uh, the first time the investment community has come together with technologists, advisory firms and cities to talk about 
Smart Cities Investment. It was a day-long session. Uh, it was well intended and uh, well attended, and uh, we, we, like all our events, uh, created a, a report out that's been available into the marketplace. And we look forward to really picking up that uh, that investment forum uh, output uh, and maintain some strong dialogue and roll that into our Smart Cities Activator work that uh, is really going to keep us busy in the coming years, which I'll talk about soon. Um, uh, in April, uh, April was very busy. Um, we released another guidance note. This time it was the 5G city design principles. Um, we have been very vocal that um, 5G uh, is a technology that provides significant benefit to multiple industries and also benefits to you know, business and citizens. Um, but the deployment um, is very different to, to 4G. Um, the, the public realm is, is going to be a place where there's a lot of uh, infrastructure while sort of small scale, but uh, in, in, some, in some cases, you know, uh, high quantities of, of infrastructure being deployed. And we need to make sure that that's done in a collaborative way between local authorities, municipalities, and tel telecommunication companies, and also other third-party contractors that are helping with that rollout. Uh, and so our city design principles are articulating essentially um, a, uh, a suite of recommendations about how we can make sure that we, uh, we achieve the multiple uh, and mutually reinforcing outcomes that we want to get with that uh, next generation technology. In July this year, um, we ran a, uh, which is which is now, we, we ran a follow-up to our Smart Cities Procurement Think Tank of June last year. Um, so the Smart Cities Procurement Challenge um, was a local government only online discussion forum to dive deeper uh, into smart cities procurement, uh, a topic which we will continue uh, to advance, um, given the the significant um, opportunity we can uh, we can realise if we unlock that procurement process to be to be sort of smart city and, and, and digital friendly, um, and that challenge exchange with local government um, is one of uh, a range of exchanges. Uh, a number of technical deep dives and also international city exchanges that our local government smart cities network uh, is participating in. And the local government smart cities network um, is now a network of more than 60 cities and towns across Australia and New Zealand where we bring together the demand side uh, and we get them to share, exchange and learn. And that continues to be uh, a key initiative for the council here in the region. And just today, uh, we launched and had our sort of mobilisation call for our latest initiative, which is the Digital Twin Collaborative, which is bringing together uh, government and policymakers, academia, and the Smart City Council's partner companies on the supply side, um, technology companies, uh, advisory firms, and multiple consultants to really try and build a, a community of practice around Digital Twin, which currently is operating um, in an environment where there's no standards. Uh, there are certainly um, definitions and multiple interpretations um, that are out there, but we're really interested in making sure we bring some comprehensive and rigorous structure to our dialogue, make sure that we share, and of course we proceed in a way where we can uh, gain as many insights as possible, not only from our, our multiple sector participants, but also making sure it's a pan-nation initiative with both Australia 
and New Zealand, given the strong interest of New Zealand wanting to build a national digital twin. So I probably finish uh, this uh, podcast episode um, on our three three year sort of birthday celebration um, by mentioning the Smart Cities Activator. Um, this is, I suppose, the culmination of our seven years of existence, um, where we've had the opportunity to work with cities all around the world, uh, create resources, uh, learning resources and knowledge resources. We've trained cities and uh, states and nations around smart cities. We've seen a lot, we've heard a lot. Um, we know where we still need to break through. We know where we've got some real momentum that we can sort of help catalyze. Uh, and we've bundled that all up into a collaborative uh, platform that we've created, which is online, it's web-based, uh, and it's really a place where cities, but also the supply side are gonna be able to gather intelligence um, really plan and design and scope smart cities projects in a way that are comprehensive and rigorous um, using multiple modules and tools and templates that have been tried and tested for many years uh, that are focused around creating high performing teams and high performing projects um, and the platform uh, also has built within it an exchange function where cities can see uh, what other cities are uh, planning or scoping um, and next year we'll be able to activate uh, a function within the platform around financing uh, as we assemble an investment community panel uh, interested in investing in smart infrastructure that will give our cities and users of the smart cities activator a potential doorway or pathway into seeking uh, finance whether it be uh, predominantly pre-procurement finance but also for project finance moving forward. So we're very excited about uh, what the Smart Cities Activator is potentially gonna be able to do. We have uh, targets and goals to have uh, many hundreds of cities around the world on the platform by the end of the year. And from that, we'll be able to really get a, uh, a comprehensive understanding around uh, what's happening in the marketplace, where the demand is. And of course, hopefully puts us in a better place to marry up the demand side uh, interest in, in um, developing and deploying smart cities infrastructure and projects, but equally the investment community, the supply side opportunities and in, in helping make that uh, a reality. Um, so there'll be more on smart, the Smart Cities Activator um, in uh, the months and years ahead. Um, for now, um, that's just a snapshot of our uh, three years. Uh, happy birthday to us. Um, we've led many discussions and dialogues that are important to advancing this agenda and making sure that we unlock the potential of technology and data solutions to help us build amazing communities, the best cities possible. And we'll continue to do that. Um, and we look forward to sort of sharing some of our successes on an ongoing basis. But for now, um, signing off uh, on episode 40 of the Smart Cities Chronicles. Um, for those that aren't subscribing to the Chronicles, you can do so by going to your favourite podcatcher platform. Uh, we're on Spotify and Apple and others. Um, or you can also head to our website to listen in, uh, which is uh, smartcitieschronicles.com. You can email us at any time. Uh, our email address is chronicles at uh, anz.smartcitiescouncil.com. Dot com. Uh, but for now, my name is Adam Beck, the host of the Smart Cities Chronicles. Uh, it's been a delight to share with you some of our successes and milestones 
over the past three years here in the Australia and New Zealand region. We hope you have an amazing day and a fantastic week. Thanks for listening in.